In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, on today's show, it is a new year and a great time to determine that 2023 is your year of financial independence. Real goals you can set to make it happen. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Happy New Year and welcome to the first Get Ready for the Future show of 2023. My name is Scott Inman, along with me, John Shrewsbury and Teresa Arago. Happy New Year to you both. Here we Happy go. Happy New Year. We're off and running. Yeah, it's time to get serious again, right? I mean, I mean I, I'm going to be honest. I had a little holiday downtime, and I've got to start thinking again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've decompressed. I didn't it probably exert a lot of brain power over the last few days. <laughs> yeah. It is time to get back in it, right? I mean, that's kind of what the New Year's all about. Yeah, I spent a little downtime uh, actually just kind of wasting time uh, looking at social media. And uh, per our show today, I actually saw this, this social media post that Carrie Underwood did. And her T-shirt said, set intentions, not resolutions. Yeah. Well, and I thought, one. that's wow. really good. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that uh, because financial independence is not something that you just resolve to do. It has to be an intentional act. And so today we're going to be able to, to kind of delve into that, help you maybe uh, get the year started right with uh, some things that you can do to reach financial independence. Well, we share it every year uh, when we talk about New Year's resolutions and how it has such a high failure rate. 90% is the failure rate for New Year's resolutions. But when you think about what Carrie Underwood tweeted there, you know, mm-hmm. the word resolution, you're just resolving in your mind to do something, but it's a very, and, and I think that can be powerful, but I think generally, Teresa, you think about it being a general thought, like yes. I'm going to lose weight. That's the thing. I think right. there are more general goals, but we don't take the time to break them down into palpable steps. Yeah. And so if you just say, hey, I'm going to lose weight this year, there's a lot that goes into that, especially at my age. So you've got to be more, more specific yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people fall apart. It is where people fall apart, that specificity, because you get into the nitty gritty details. And let's face it, our world today uh, paints in broad brushes. You know, it does. It, it really is like, yeah, generally, let's just kind of do that thing over there. Mm-hmm. And that's not how money works. That's not how you get financially independent. Mm-hmm. You don't generally get there. You have to be very specific in the things that you're doing. And, and again, very intentional about actually doing those things on a day-to-day basis so so that you are able to reach the goals that you set out. Yeah, and we've done this uh, long enough and talked about it long enough, and I've seen it happen with working with clients. You have to, to some degree, be willing to run counterculture. You, yes. know, you, you talked about all that stuff that's out there, but when you talk about social media, I thought you were going to bring up a negative example of social media. There's actually a positive one with what Carrie Underwood uh, tweeted. But when you think generally about what we intake, what goes into our mind, what we are um, exposed to when it comes to your money and where your dollars go, you've got to be willing to run a little counterculture to that. I remember this experience when my husband and I, he just finished school. It was his first real job and we were new parents and we felt like we were making really wise financial decisions, but all of our friends were getting new boats, new cars, big houses and all these things. And we thought, man, 
they're making the same as him because they've gone to the same school. How in the world are they doing that? And we realized they were just picking up a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. It's not that they were making sound decisions necessarily, but you know, we've got to remember that those things come with a cost Mm -hmm. and they may not be the best things for you. Just because someone else has that as a goal doesn't mean that it's the right goal for you. You can really do some sleight of hand with money. You know, Mm -hmm. you can, Mm -hmm. you can look like, you know, you're, you're really making it. You're driving a really sharp looking car and living in a nice house. And then you ring the doorbell at that nice mm-hmm. house and there's no furniture in the house. You know, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things like that, that, that people actually pretend that they are, they've got it all together. But what we're talking about when we say financial independence at Gen Wealth, we're talking about real financial independence, mm-hmm. not fake financial independence or pseudo financial independence. What are the things that you honestly can do to put yourself in a lot better situation and get yourself to that point where you can make work optional, make a situation where you don't have to depend on a job, that you are independent of that job from a financial standpoint. That reminds me of when I used to uh, drive around uh, certain neighborhoods with my kids when they were younger and they would point out a really big house and they would go, man, they must be rich. You know, to your (laughs) point, I would always tell them, all that we really know is that they probably have a big mortgage payment, right? Yeah. They may be rich, but then there's also a difference between rich and wealthy, and we can obviously talk about that as well. But mm-hmm. as we get into the practical steps uh, of how to make 2023 your year of financial independence, we're not at all suggesting that by the end of 2023, you're going to have reached financial independence, right? Maybe you will. Depends on where you are, right? Yeah. But you have to be honest with yourself first. And that's our first step. You know, have you ever gone to um, well, I guess if you've ever been somewhere in public and they had a uh, large uh, blown up map, right? I, I think of the rest areas. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you go to the rest area yeah. and there's a state of Arkansas map uh, if you're traveling in the state of Arkansas. Go to the mall. And it says, you are, yeah, go to the mall. You are here, right? There's a dot that shows you you're here and you can see what path you need to take, what level you need to be on mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go. You need to be able to honestly assess where you are and are you uh, on the right level are you taking the right path or does that need you need to turn around and go the opposite way yes there's a lot of things that that you can begin with but i think the basic thing that you've got to begin with is a budget Mm -hmm. and i know most people don't even like the idea of living on a budget and that's not something that we're promoting to restrict you as far as your your spending is concerned or anything of that nature but you have to know where your money's going You have to know what was your income, what was your outgo, and where did that money go? And did you direct it in the way that you wanted it directed? Or did you get caught up in something and spend that money on something that you did not intend? Teresa, I think that's where a lot Mm -hmm. of people really get off track on this money thing is they want the freedom of being able to spend their money like they want to, Mm -hmm. but they don't want the discipline that actually is required to do a budget. Yes, we need that instant gratification sometime. And even those who normally have a budget right now, you might find that that needs to be adjusted quite a bit. This last year, we've seen some record inflation. So even if you're someone who has been consistently using a budget, it's time to reevaluate your spending. Make sure that you were within that budget last year and make adjustments where needed so that you don't have those surprises in the coming year. You know, the problem with, with any of this in terms of budgeting is working off feelings as opposed to facts and you know you can feel like it's uh, you you've got the money to do something yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like we've got the money to do that 
But until you look at the budget and, and really evaluate that, you don't really know. You're working off of a supposition. You're working off of emotion, really, and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily something that you can go back and go, yes, indeed, we do have the money because we're not spending at this level in this particular line item in the budget. So that does free up some money as opposed to, ah, you know, we really do want to do that and, we'll make it and work. to heck with the budget. You know, that's that's what happens yeah. with most people. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we talk about this all the time, but it is so important to say that cash flow is king when mm-hmm. it comes to your ability to reach financial independence. And, it, and it's very basic. You have to be able to have enough margin in your life. In other words, your income has to exceed your expenses by enough that you can save and invest and have your own income stream. That is what financial independence is. You've got to replace your paycheck, right? At least on some levels, you know, John talks about work retirement. Maybe it incorporates part-time work, but to be able to truly step away and have financial independence means you have to create your own income stream. And the only way you do that is to have investable dollars, and that comes from margin in your life. So that's the value. That's the first mm-hmm. step of the process. Now, I think it is important to point out, too, that if you don't have a budget, you haven't lived on a budget, don't let, don't let yourself hear in, what, in our words that it's impossible to do or that it's too late to do because we regularly meet with clients that are six months out from retirement, and they've and they never done a budget, no right? Mm-hmm. And, and they are really have no idea how they're going to replace that paycheck because they have never taken the time to, to figure out how much they need. They, they have the discipline, though, that they, if, we're, if we're sitting down meeting with them and they're six months out from retirement, in most cases, they've had the discipline that's necessary to amass that nest egg that's right. big enough to produce that income. So they did have some discipline, even though they might not have had a formal budget, they mm-hmm. had the discipline to set that money aside on a regular basis and not get swayed by, you know, some uh, uh, shiny object or, you know, whatever the latest news headline is. And speaking of shiny objects, the next thing you need to really evaluate is your debt mm. to determine if you're making wise choices when it comes there. You know, do you have debt that you need to pay off? How can you accelerate paying off that debt? Have you taken some time to evaluate a system for doing that? We talk about that. We've had a couple of shows on our um, Talking Sense show about how to eliminate debt effectively. So if you have some questions about that, you can certainly check those out as well. Well, I think the first thing is you ask yourself, do I have debt? And if you do, what is your plan to pay it off? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, mortgage is one thing, but but car payments and, and credit card payments and things mm-hmm. like that, that's a completely different story. You're probably not going to run out and pay off your mortgage right now, but you can get rid of that high interest credit card debt and the, the interest that is uh, associated with a car loan, if you can get rid of those things, then you've got some breathing room. Then you've got some things that you can do. And the, the only way to really attack that is some systematic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people get impatient in this process. They want to pay it off and pay it off right now. And they think, well, I just quit my job and I'm going to a new job and I've got this 401k money over here. So I'll just take it and pay off this debt and I'll mm-hmm. be better satisfied. That's really not the, what we're saying to do. We say to have a systematic way to pay down that debt and to systematically save money so you're not getting back into debt for that next car payment. And this could also take less time than I think you might think. You know, I think people do get in a hurry about it, but if you can, and we have software here that is part of our financial planning process, if you have debt that needs taken care of, we can create a debt elimination plan for you. We just did this uh, for some clients who actually became clients. 
a while back, but the, the debt increased and we had to redo it. So they weren't working the plan, okay? Mm-hmm. But they came back to us and we redid it. And it was a it was a rather large, I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands, of, over $100,000 in total debt, okay? Wow. okay? That's a lot of debt. Not all of it was credit card debt, though, okay? So they were also paying on auto loans and some other loans that had fixed amounts that were already on schedule to be eliminated mm-hmm. in a couple of years, okay? Mm-hmm. So we looked mostly at the credit card debt, which was they were never going to get to the end of that because they were yes. paying the minimums. And you've seen that on your credit card statements, right? You've seen if you just paid the minimum payment, it's going to take you 75,000 years, right, to pay that thing off. <laughs> just shy of. So you're never going to get that done. So you have to be able to accelerate those payments, but they had the margin in their income to continue to make the fixed payments that were going to sunset on time. So think about that. The the five-year loans are going to be gone in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of years, we're going to be able to snowball those credit card debts. And they're actually going to be able to do it in a lot less time than you might think. Yeah. And the payoff there is freeing up that cash flow yep. and being able to do the next thing that you're needing to do as far as your path to financial independence is concerned. And that is to have an adequate amount of savings because your savings actually allows you to be in a situation where you don't have to go into debt if you have an emergency come up or if you have an expenditure that you want to make, like let's say a a vacation or something of that nature, savings gives you the opportunity to actually spend cash on that as opposed to amassing debt and getting back into that cycle that Scott talked about and getting back into debt and then having to repeat that process over and over again. And I think the pro tip for savings is automating it. You know, most employers allow you to direct deposit your paycheck and they'll allow multiple locations for that typically, two to three. So you can have that amount that you're supposed to add to savings go straight to savings so you don't have to remember to move it. And so it kind of doesn't exist to you if it never hit your paycheck to begin with. And, that, you know, a lot of people are getting raises this time of year. Mm-hmm. I know Social Security is giving a significant raise and, and other people are getting raises because they, they it's the start of a new year. Mm-hmm. A great way to automate your savings is just act like that raise didn't happen and have it go to savings. Therefore, you are automatically putting that money into savings and it didn't really affect your monthly income. Yes. And if your goal with savings has to do with your employer plan, that's another way you can do that is when you get a raise, increase the amount you put into the 401k just little by little, and that'll add up over time. And in this discussion about savings, we, we need to really highlight the the order of things here too, because mm-hmm. you do want a cash savings that's not invested for your financial independence so that you don't have to go into debt if an emergency occurs, right? So the Dave Ramsey approach used to be $1,000. I think you have to increase that to $2,000 these days because he's been preaching that for about 30 years. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> more expensive one, these days. Yeah, $1,000 is not going to cover too much, but you need a few thousand dollars put aside so that that uh, car repair doesn't derail your budget and thereby derail your savings plan. So there's an order to things. Get the emergency fund at least Uh, that basic emergency fund funded, and then begin to put back into investables. Mm -hmm. Most people separate that out, but I've seen people just look at all of their money as their savings. Uh, Their Mm -hmm. 401k is their savings, and their emergency fund is their their, uh, savings account is their savings. And if they had an emergency, they're going to go just get the one that they can get to the quickest. You've got to do some mental accounting here and go, okay, this is short term, this is long term, and the two don't ever mix. Mm -hmm. You've got to think about that in a very disciplined way and have enough healthy savings in your savings account that will weather the storm. Three to six months 
month savings in your savings account is nothing to, to really say, well, I'm wasting money putting all that over there. Don't look at it as wasted money. Look at it as an insurance policy against the, the uh, eventualities life. of life. Mm-hmm. We are talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show about how to make 2023 your year of financial independence. We know that New Year's resolutions die a painful death. 90% <laughs> is the failure rate. So don't make a resolution. Make a, what was it that Carrie Underwood said? Make intention to make some changes in your life where they need to be made to reach financial independence on your schedule. And we've talked about things like budgeting, creating a budget, or revising your budget in 2023 to make sure that cash flow can definitely be king so that you can do the other things that you need to do, which is maybe eliminate debt uh, if debt is a problem for you and a and an obstacle to reaching financial independence. And then we talked about the savings. Make sure to have an emergency savings in place in cash, not invested so that it goes up and down in this roller coaster ride of the stock market, which Mm -hmm. we all know too well in 2022 how that went. We need to make make sure that that is a cash reserve that you can tap if there is an emergency so that you don't have to go into debt or you don't have to decrease your retirement savings rate to be able to cover uh, a minor repair or something that may happen. So let's move on to the next one, and that's investments. Okay, so they all build on each other. I think this is a perfect order to budget, to reduce debt, to begin savings. And then what about the investment side of this? Well, most people have their retirement savings in a 401k or an employer plan of some kind. Maybe it's a 403b, maybe it's a simple IRA, but there are amounts that can go into that from your paycheck. And in most cases, there is a match offered by the employer. Most people don't even realize how much that is, and thereby they may be leaving money on the table. Yeah, you've got to be able to get that employer match because it, it's free money that's just on the table. And if you don't get it, then the employer is not going to give it to you. You've got to be able to, to uh, equal that match, whatever that is, whatever that equation is. Most companies have some type of 50 cents on the dollar match on their 401k. Some companies match dollar for dollar. Some have mm-hmm. way more complex calculations. But here's the bottom line. If it's free money, you definitely want to get it. And guys, I was just thinking, is Scott, you were kind of running through this. All of these things that we've talked about up to this point sound like they are for the people that are getting started and trying to accumulate money and all of that type of thing. But all of these principles really do apply if you're about to retire. If you think about it, you need a budget on in retirement you need a budget because you're going to have a certain amount of money coming in you need to direct that money where where you want it to go you need to eliminate debt because debt actually just drives down the balances of your retirement account because you're having to pull money out to spend on that debt and that's money that you can't enjoy your retirement with savings you've got to have that emergency fund in savings uh, because you will continue to have emergencies tires go flat roofs blow off, deductibles have to be paid, you know, that Mm -hmm. just because you retire doesn't eliminate those things from your life. So you've got to have that emergency savings. And now investments, uh, the, the bullet point that we're talking about right now, your investment strategy has to be different in retirement than it is during your accumulation years. Obviously, if you're accumulating dollars, you need to be aggressively growing those dollars throughout your lifetime. But as you get ready to retire, that's why we have the ready to retire process, a lot of that, Teresa, is driven off of how we allocate money to different buckets 
in the investment strategy. Yes, I think one misunderstanding that exists is that as you approach retirement, you need to put on the brakes. You need to back off of everything and get real secure. The challenge there is that that actually doesn't work. You need a strategy that deals with short-term needs and long-term needs differently in your investment strategy so that you still have the ability to overcome inflation not run out of money, but still make today's income work too on years like we had last year. Yeah, retirement date is not a stop sign. Correct. It, it, it's a, it may be a yield sign, mm-hmm. but it's not a stop sign. Not at all. And, and clearly, when you're looking at retirement, you want to have a secure amount of guaranteed income coming mm-hmm. in. If you have a pension, if you have Social Security, that may or may not be enough to actually fund your basic needs in retirement. Then you might need to look at some type of guaranteed income investment to produce enough money for you to meet those needs. And then you have to be able to adjust things for inflation. And that's where really some of that growth comes in that Teresa was talking about, because that the uh, investments into things like stocks and real estate are really the two asset classes that have historically kept you ahead of inflation. So a portion of your portfolio needs to be invested that way, while another portion of your portfolio needs to be powder dry and really immune to what's going on in the stock market. One other note on the investment bullet point is when you think about preparing for retirement, and it really doesn't matter how far out you are, but it could be anywhere along the way, whether you're just a couple of months out or several years, maybe even a couple of decades, it is part of the planning process that we uh, go through here at GenWealth is to basically look at your overall uh, holistic financial situation. And many times during that discovery process, we'll call it, we're asking you to bring in statements from all of your uh, investment accounts. And that is when people can actually realize that, man, I've got an old 401k from back when I was in a job that I worked 15 years ago, right? And it's never even been looked at since. And it's just on the sidelines, out of, out of, uh, out of sight, out of mind. However, it if it's invested in equity instruments could be growing, right? And could be a mm-hmm. sizable part of your overall retirement plan. The difference is, and it goes back to the investment strategy that we were talking about, the closer you get to retirement, a 401k, John, you say it all the time, is a great accumulation vehicle. It is a lousy distribution vehicle. Well, there's two things about this. When you think about the word orphan, you think about neglect, yeah. you know, something that has been neglected. If it's orphaned, then it's been neglected. And so your investments in your old 401k that you had three jobs ago that you forgot to roll over or whatever the case may be, those investments probably haven't been touched in 10 or 15 years or whatever the time frame is. So you've got to be paying attention to it. And then out of sight, out of mind is another thing. Uh, they actually, in the Secure Act that they just passed, Secure 2.0 that they mm-hmm. just passed just the other day, mm-hmm. uh, they actually have a provision. I'm going to be really interested to see how mm-hmm. this works. Yep. But they have this provision in there that basically creates this national database for you to be able to keep up with where your old 401k is. This is real easy. Just roll it over into an IRA. Then you've got it right there in your mailbox or on your computer uh, screen. Uh, however you manage that, you've got it. You can keep up with it without it being uh, tied up into some former employer's plan. We talked about Secure 
2.0 in last week's fastest four minutes in finance. One of the things, there was so much in there that we couldn't do uh, all of that in four. It was going to be the fastest 20 minutes if, if we did that. <laughs> but one of the other things that jogged my memory when you were talking about that is if it's under a certain balance, and I can't remember how much the balance was, that they're going to automatically roll it into the new plan. I think it was like $5,000 oh. or oh, something. Really? So okay. well, smaller, be nice. ones, smaller ones might actually roll into your new employer plan. But if you've got more than that, uh, it's going to be sitting on the sidelines and it may be up until this point has been difficult to find. But I also think about the consolidation process of this, mm-hmm. too, in bringing it into where other assets are. I have a client uh, who recently uh, went through uh, the loss of one of her parents and in that process had to go through finding all of the assets. And he had not his fa- it was her father. And he had not consolidated them all in one place under one roof. And it was a painstaking process for her mm-hmm. to make call, phone call after phone call many times to 800 numbers and wait on hold and wait on them to get back and start processes in place in six or seven different places. And that led her to believe that when she actually left her job after that to make sure that she wanted to roll hers over into one place and consolidate and have it all on the same roof because of the the angst the that she went through and the mm-hmm. chaos at a very difficult time, no doubt. Well, and also, if you think about it in this uh, electronic age, you know, it used to be people watch the mailbox. And, you know, if a statement yes. came in once a quarter or once a month or whatever, then they could go, oh, Uncle Joe had uh, a deal at Fidelity or whatever. But nowadays, if you are doing that online and you don't have access to email and passwords and things of that nature, that's a train wreck when it comes to to end of life planning and things of that nature. The the real problem comes in terms of everybody keeping that to themselves and not sharing with a close family member, hey, if something happens to me, you need access to this particular account or this particular spot where I've got my passwords, and then you can go into each one of these. There is a great value in sitting down and doing that. It, again, is tedious work that has to be done. Better to be done before you pass away than to give it to somebody to do after you're gone. Our bullet points today on how to make 2023 your year of financial independence, budget, debt, savings, and investments. And our final bullet point is asset protection. And this has two purposes, depending on where you are. The first one, when it comes to asset protection, it may not mean that you have a whole lot of assets to protect, at least not financially with dollar signs on them, but you have assets like your family. And when Mm -hmm. it comes to uh, the thought of a 30-something or a 40-something who is the breadwinner particularly, but in any case, maybe even it's just the caregiver, not coming home or not being able to provide what they were going to provide if they lived a long and prosperous life, life insurance is part of uh, your assessing this year if you're on the road to financial independence. And I think a lot of people, when they're thinking about life insurance, they think, okay, I've got a house that's going to need to be paid off, or I've got these debts that need to be paid off. What they're not counting for is, were they putting towards a retirement plan that was going to work towards the family's goals? Were they you know, paying a bulk of the bills? Is, who, what kind of cost will there be to replace the tasks that they used to take care of within the family? or their income. It is a much bigger challenge to overcome than just paying off debt. Yeah. And I think that if you look at life insurance during your accumulation years, it has one uh, utilization, if you will, and that's to replace the income of the Mm -hmm. breadwinner and pay off some things. 
But when it gets to older clients, uh, folks that are, let's say, in their late 50s, early 60s, they may say, I've got enough money that I don't need life insurance. And that may be the case. However, thinking about things from the standpoint of long-term care, Mm -hmm. there are life insurance products out there these days that are innovative enough to take care of long-term care needs in addition to providing a life insurance death benefit. And that's certainly something that I think helps in terms of financial independence in a really kind of an interesting, different way. Not being dependent upon family members, not being dependent upon the state to take care of you when you can't take care of yourself. Life insurance could play a role in that as well, Scott. Yeah, we build plans that basically provide monthly retirement incomes in oftentimes for a two-member household, if one of those members needs the bulk of that income to be able to uh, have care provided for them at a long-term care facility or even at home, how is that other spouse uh, going to survive? And that's where the asset protection uh, means so much. It's not just making sure you have the pile that you want at the end of life. It's making sure that everybody else is taken care of. And as John mentioned, not becoming a burden uh, on your kids for sure. So the insurance or asset protection bullet point can go both ways. In the accumulation phase you're trying to protect uh in case of loss of income because of an untimely death and then in the long-term care case after you've become in essence self-insured on the life part of that you want to make sure that you are covered on the long-term care and it may be that you overfund retirement by enough that you can have a long-term care bucket and self-insure but it could also mean that you need to leverage the insurance company with a long-term care uh, policy as well. But how do you know, right? How do you know unless you plan? So as we have gone through these bullet points and we've got just a few minutes left, I, I never thought I would be um, quoting Carrie Underwood so much on this show, but <laughs> let's go back to it. Let's go back to the the sage that is country music superstar Carrie Underwood. It's not about a resolution. It's about intention. And intention is about goal setting. I think that's the difference, right? My mm-hmm. wife and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking just generally said, hey, what do you want to do in 2023? What do you want to do differently? What do you want to, what do you want to do better? And it's real easy to go, I'd like to lose a few pounds, or I'd like to uh, do more uh, Bible study. I would like to grow in these areas generally. But when you're talking about actually reaching that, it's not the resolution, it's the goal. Mm-hmm. And, and setting goals, I think it's so important that if you're going to lose weight, well, how many pounds do you want to lose? And by when? right? The, mm-hmm. the, the time frame and the total number. So let's get specific for everybody on and have some action points here. If we're looking to do a better budget, if we're looking to get rid of debt, if we're looking to increase our savings, make sure our investment strategy is going to get us to financial independence or protect our assets, it needs to be quantified. Yeah, and you've got to have SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Timely. Uh, those are the criteria, if you will, and when you're setting goals. If you set goals that are not attainable, then you're just going to frustrate yourself. If you set goals that are not timely, they're not going to be of any use to you. If you set goals that are not measurable, they're just going to kind of disappear into thin air because you don't have a way of knowing where your progress is. And so being smart with your goals really does mean that you have to apply that acronym of specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So when you think about just setting those goals in the smart goal fashion and then writing them down, Mm -hmm. just statistically speaking, studies show 
you can become 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you simply write them down. What is your inspiration to go back to and look at what you said that you wanted to do at the beginning of this year? So the step three we have for you on how to get to financial independence is also be smart, John, but it's not the acronym. That's right. It's learning and increasing your knowledge about money and maybe even how to look at money. You know, I think that's really a big problem. You go back to the distractions that that we are faced with and what we're inundated with and the advertising and the marketing and the social media and what people are telling us we need to do with our money. It causes us to have, I think, an improper understanding of what even money is and how it works. And if you want to be smart, as our third step indicates here, you need to get the right resources in place. I think to a large degree, that's why this show exists, is to talk counterculture to what you're hearing the other six days of the week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when you're sitting here listening to us to actually hear, based on our experience in client meeting rooms and based on our experience getting people to financial independence and then walking them through it once they're there in retirement is these are the things that you need to be thinking about and learning and increasing your knowledge can be easily done through our resources through Gen Wealth Academy. Scott, I think a, a key is this. All man's information, every piece of information known to man can be mm-hmm. accessed through this thing right here, this, this cell phone. The problem is, is there's too much of it. And well, there's there is, information, but not wisdom. And not application. Mm-hmm. Uh, no way to apply that because mm-hmm. what you will find is you'll find all kinds of conflicting information on this thing. Yes. Uh, you can find things from A to Z. You know, if you ask a question, you're going to get 50,000 different uh, opinions off of the internet. But what you've got to have is practical application of that information and the wisdom, uh, and that is tried and true knowledge, and that's really what wisdom is. Uh, you've got to have that, that wisdom to be able to apply those things to your particular situation. And that's why the do-it-yourself folks may or may not be able to pull this off. And, and I think that, that the, the magic formula is you being a willing participant and having a coach with you to do the things, help you do the things that you need to do. Yeah, knowledge is only going to take you so far. I don't think you want to do it yourself with that knowledge. You want to hire a trained professional uh, to help you along the way. You heard the bell, uh, and this was a fast-moving show. It was. We we got through that, and it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, Teresa, we'll start with you. Financial independence is simply the freedom to choose what you're going to do with your time. And the best way to get there is to start by assessing where you are and kind of changing your self-talk. You know, if you're one of those people that says, man, I'm just bad with money. No, you're not. You're just not great with it yet. But you can take steps, decide what your SMART goals are going to be, and make progress this year. Scott, you know, I I spent a lot of time over the holidays watching football. I, I love football, love the bowl games, some exciting bowl games and what have you. Great athletes on the field, but every one of those athletes had a coach, had several coaches, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, helping them to understand what it was they needed to do situationally to try to gain an advantage over their opponent. Mm -hmm. Same thing is to be said for money. If you don't have a financial coach to coach you through all of the complexities of money, then you're just going to be out on the field and don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so clearly you've got to have someone to help you not go it alone. And that, that having a financial coach that has the heart of a teacher and, and has your best interest at heart really is 
the key component, I believe, to getting to financial independence. My final thought is everybody wants something for free, and we have got that for you. We <laughs> wow. mentioned we mentioned Gen Wealth Academy, and that's how you can grow your knowledge. We have free financial tools and resources at your fingertips. Just visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash academy or text the word academy to 501-381-5228 to access an always growing collection of content to help you work toward financial independence. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Man, it was a fast one, as I mentioned before. We rolled through that, but make 2023 your year of getting on the road and maybe even reaching financial independence. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building towards financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial. 